Welcome to the media ministry of Crossroads Church Aspen. To learn more about Crossroads, visit our website at ccaspen.com. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Steve Woodrow. Many of you obviously know Derek have uh, mentioned to you. I'm sure most of you are aware um, of this last week's events. And uh, we're heartbroken over our friend, Robin, and uh, their precious family. And I want to just begin um, and read a a statement from John. And uh, then I'm going to just say a few things to us as a a church family that I think are really important for us as we journey together as a church family and circle up around this precious family uh, and love them through this time. And then we'll pray um, after this. But this is what John, this is from John uh, to us, the church. We as a family are not going to shy away from the word suicide or depression. Depression is a terrible prison. Robbie could not feel the love and forgiveness of the Father. She knew it, and at fleeting times experienced it. But the past three years, her soul were blocked from knowing the voice of the Father, telling her she was beloved. That hell and pain overwhelmed her. I want to communicate that she loved the Lord. She is at peace and is fully known by the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. She is not to feel... She now can feel with all her being the overwhelming love of God. She was also very loved by you, our brothers and sisters in the church. Me and my kids are experiencing that love, and we will need more um, in the future. And we'll talk about that in just a second. Please, family, lean into each other. Seek powerful prayer. Pursue counsel. Bring the light of God to everyone in your life. Become known for your faith, your hope, and your love. You will need some time and space for people to grieve. You'll need people with the wonderful shepherding gift to be at work right among you. John. So, Father, um, we come to you, Lord, with heavy heavy hearts. Um, Lord, this dear family, dear friends of ours, dear friends of our kids, we're heartbroken. Lord, have mercy. We know you're awesome, glorious, Lord, you command us in times of mourning to mourn with those who mourn, grieve with those who grieve. And uh, Father, I pray you teach us as a church family how to do that well, how to do it well. Um, God, come. Holy Spirit, you are our comforter. You are our counselor. You're our advocate. Come. And bring healing, bring perspective, bring peace. Lord, we ask for your arms around this precious Columbus family. Uphold them, strengthen their faith, God. Let us serve them and love them well. 
Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, all right. Let me just, uh, we're just going to have a little, I just need to say some things, I think, in light of this. And, and we'll process these. And, and, and folks, this is a time to lean into each other. This is a time to not just lock things away. And um, God will use this. He already is using it um, in a powerful way. Um, I'm just going to read some things here and make a couple comments. It's a time to mourn, to pray and comfort one another. It's a time to stand in faith together on God's promises and circle up and circle around His precious family and love them and serve them well. Um, Church, we've lost a battle. We have to admit that. We've lost a battle. Faith is a fight. It's a battle. And we've all lost battles, right? We as a corporate family, we press in. Many of you spent hours praying, laboring with Robin, um, seeking the Lord with her. Um, Many in the outside community served. Sometimes we lose battles. We lost this fight for our friend. We have to be real and honest about that. Scripture tells us we battle not against flesh and blood. That is not some theological thing that we just kind of read in Ephesians. and It's real. It's powerful. There, there is an enemy that is after our souls. We have to watch over our faith in each other. We are engaged in a spiritual battle that is real with a real devil raging war against people's souls. He is the thief who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He is the lion roaming to see who he can devour. And we are called to stand and resist him by the blood of Jesus and the word of our testimony. But we know we might have lost a battle, but the war has been won as we sung about. Jesus has defeated the power of sin and death and provided a new life for us to walk in by the power of the Holy Spirit who is our primary counselor and comforter. That's what the word helper in your Bible, the Greek word is paraclete. It means counselor. It means helper. It means the one walking alongside us. It means our advocate, the one who stands before God interceding with words we cannot, um, who advocates for us and who sets us free from condemnation, Romans 1. And there's a lot of deep sorrow. There's a lot of confusion that goes with something like this. It's something that um, a lot of people just don't want to talk about. Uh, I'm encouraged by John's faith, his strength in this to just be real, hit it straight up and and deal with this. Um, Hopefully we can be a model to this community to, to lock arms with them and to show them how to, we're just going to be honest. And, and, uh, and press forward in faith and encouragement around. And folks, sometimes we just don't know a lot of life is mystery, right? A lot of God and, and walking with it is mystery. That's why faith is required, right? We're very thankful for the medical community, the mental health professional community, and services they provide. It is a blessing, and we need to work closely together. These two are different realms, the spiritual and the earthly, and they should come together. I hope that makes sense. 
We're very grateful for all those, and we were closely with them as they went to work. We as a church are to be about Jesus' prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We've been given this glorious task to bridge to the world this glorious good news that there is a heavenly realm, that there is a good God, and that there is hope of eternal life. And there is this amazing good news that no matter how much we mess up, no matter what it is, is his grace is there to forgive it. There's no message, there's no hope like that in all of the world except the gospel of Jesus Christ. We the church are about and focused on the good news of Jesus, the power of God to save and give eternal life. Though the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus says he comes to bring abundant eternal life. The answer to the deepest longings of the heart are fulfilled with the gospel. And we're called to go after the things that matter most, right, in life. And Jesus gives, right, the answer to proclaim this good news, to follow him and help others experience the freedom that comes from the Lord and only from the Lord. Um, Just in times like these, I just leaned into Matthew 11. Listen to what Jesus says. Come to me. All of you who labor are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. All right? Um, So please, here's the info. Um, Two weeks, a little over two weeks, December 1st, right here, we will have a, a service for Robin. Um, oh, yeah, it is. Um, shoot, I will. It's uh, mealtrain.com slash, forward slash. Uh, that's a IK3 little e, little e, six. We'll get that out to you, I promise. <laughs> Actually, Meg's right here. Meg, thank you. Meg has done all this for us. Call Meg that number right there. <laughs> She'll give you the link. Te- there you go. Perfect. Text Meg right there, and she'll text you the link. Perfect. And thank you. And uh, <laughs> the guys, the team that John teaches Wednesday here morning um, is coming together. Clay, thank you for putting it together. John has a bunch of just yard work of things that have to get done. And Clay, if you're men, if you're here or ladies, whoever want to help with some of that, give Clay a call as well. Um, we just need to circle up and love, go to work. And, uh, and just want to commend you all uh, for all of you, that, what you're doing and, uh, you know, stay on it. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I work very hard to stay up 
specializes in what. Um, there are Christian counselors here in the valley. There are non-Christian counselors who will still mm-hmm. be there with you in your faith and in yeah. your strength. You know, yeah. lead you away from that. Who are very skilled. Yes. So if anybody is needing counselors, yeah. no shame. Yeah. Mia, thank you. Absolutely. And we will have, we have lots of the phone numbers and stuff, and we'll get those out as well uh, in next week's email, actually. Um, and I think Mia brings up a really good point. I think part of, and I'll get into this uh, just with our time left, but um, gang, I, I hope that what the Lord does through this is, um, is just awakens the reality that um, everyone, Everyone struggles. This is life. No one doesn't struggle. No one doesn't struggle with some level of despair or depression at some point. No one. It's life. We all need help. And um, the whole context of the gospel, right, is in churches being a body, being a family, leaning on each other, right, and helping each other. And reaching out. Um, so let's encourage and link up with all the, everything that's available. And especially right here as we see, um, press in, right, with people. And, um, and just have eyes, right, to, to care, right, for our brothers and sisters. The other thing I would say is, um, as families, use this as an opportunity to circle up your kids, and to talk to them openly and honestly and, and to get into their soul, right? Is there active faith in there? And we're going to talk about that, right, this morning. And just be honest and to pray. Let them know you're there, right? Um, the greatest, one of the greatest lies of the enemy, he's the great deceiver. He is the accuser of the brethren. And his role is the opposite of Jesus' role. He wants to come and he wants to heap on us condemnation and shame and sin and guilt. Those things carry out incredible turmoil in anybody's life where those things cannot be healthily dealt with, right? Um, Jesus comes in the promises. Those in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. We need, all of us need help. How to, what is this mysterious thing of faith? What, what is that? And that's where I want to um, take us um, this morning. Um, and again, thanks for this, this team here. But last week, we talked about what must we really know. And this week, I just want to give a couple things. We won't be long, but in light of everything we're dealing with here, I think this is really important for us. What do we really need to know? And again, we're not talking like we talked about last week. It's not about just intellectual knowledge. And so let's bring this into the faith. It's not just about knowing what the Bible says. It's not just about knowing, yeah, I know God loves me, right? It's like a child just, yeah, I know my dad loves me, but he never has experienced his dad's love. That, that is not faith. That is going to be a fragile, fragile faith where there isn't experience, where there isn't the how, where... Not only I know these things and I'm experiencing these things and I'm pressing into these things um, is what's really important. So I want to just go through again this morning the three things. And before I do this, let me just read for us God's word. And again, in Ephesians, we've been in this book. I encourage you to just dive deep into it. 
this book of all the New Testament books has more details about this spiritual battle that we are engaged, the work of the enemy. And Paul can be any clearer in, in the last chapter of Ephesians. He says, beware, watch out, put the whole armor of God on, beware of the enemy's schemes. God has given provision, but that provision has to be taken hold of experientially by faith. And that's our journey to walk alongside each other, to strengthen one another, right, in our faith. And so let me read the Word of God for us this morning, verse 15 through 23. Oh, Father, speak to us, Lord. For this reason, because I've heard of your faith, in the Lord Jesus and your love towards the saints. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. The God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Lord, I pray that over this church. I pray that over each one of us. Holy Spirit, come. We need, Holy Spirit, your wisdom, revelation in the knowledge of you, God. And Lord, that you'd enlighten the eyes of our heart. That we may know. That we may know with great assurance what is the hope to which he's called us. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? Oh, you're a good God. And you have good things for us, Father. Lord, that we may know what is the immeasurable greatness of his power, your power, God, towards us who believe according to the working of this great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet gave him his head over all things to the church, to which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The word of God. The word of God. And so, folks, here Paul, he begins this book. He's writing to the church, and, and he ends this, the first part of this thing we've been in for a long time, just breaking down all these spiritual blessings. Um, and here at the last, he just he, he explodes with a prayer for the church. And there's three things that he's praying for here. And for Paul, just look, if you want to learn how to pray, just pray the scriptures. Learn how to pray like this. This is the stuff that we must know. Every human being needs to know, must know. As we talked about last week, we are flooded with so much information and, and things we need to know and, and that are at our fingertips now. But Paul wheels it down. And not just intellectually, intellectually know, but these are things that we are to know in its fullness, in other words, to embrace and experience. And those can only happen through faith. And this is why he prays that the Holy Spirit would give you wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of the Father of God and all of what is critical to know and deep inside our soul. The first one of these is the Father has saved us. What must we know? We absolutely need to know that God is a loving Heavenly Father. He loves you and that He has saved you and that He has given you eternal life in Jesus Christ. Without that, there is no foundation for hope. You just created it on your own. 
without knowing that, without knowing God is good and he has a good plan for and that he loves me and he's a loving God, that this universe and everything in this world is, is, is run and is moving towards a, a purpose by loving God. Without knowing that, there is no hope. Hope is just, what is it? It's just some hopeful thing that might happen. There's no rock solid stuff to it. The second thing is the Father's good. And has good for me and his perfect plan for heaven and earth. As we've been talking about in Ephesians, his goal is to bring all this together. And that's what we talk about is we have services in the world, right, that operate in this world, right, with, um, with science and things. And then we have faith. These, these need to come together. These need to come together. And Jesus is going to bring it all together one day. And that God is good. If there's one attack, right, and one temptation that is regular in all of our lives, the enemy wants to sneak in there, and he starts, when, when tragedy happens in this world, right, he wants to make us question God's goodness. And if I start questioning God's goodness, that takes me down a rabbit hole where there is nothing good at the end of that. And that is the thief who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. His ultimate purpose is to just challenge my intellect and have me doubt the very premise of what God's revelation has, the truth, right, itself. And I have to know, don't I, that he's got good for me. And this is, only the gospel comes with these incredible promises that we're unraveling here in, in, uh, in the book of Ephesians, right? With every spiritual, he's blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. Well, what does that mean? I have to, by faith, go after it. I need a revelation from the Holy Spirit to go after those things, right? I have to know he's good. I have to know he has good things for me. If not, fear will take over. And what does fear do to a person? Right? Last one, the Father is all-powerful. And he's secured for me a place of authority with Jesus. Why? We need to know, he says, that you may know, church, his prayer is, the incredible, immeasurable power towards you. It's the same power that rose Jesus from the grave. That power blows away any atomic bomb. There's no greater power than that because that's the power that defeated the power of sin and the power of death, and it is available to us to start walking in. That third one is completely dependent on those first two. And folks, again, there's nothing more important for us to know. And as a parent, to know that our children are standing on that truth. They know that, and they're in pursuit of faith, of experiencing those things. Nothing's more important in life or anything else this is the priority of the human soul. Without it, there is no hope. It's just a bunch of intellectual, you know, kind of good works and just throwing kind of spaghetti at the wall. But this is, you like that, Michael? So let me just real quick, give us a couple of things on this of how, okay? Just some practical, because I mean, look, let's, let's be honest. These things we would intellect from a child, we go to Sunday school, we've been in church forever, and we've been taught this stuff over and over again, but at the core of your soul, I ask you this morning, do you know it? Is it how you live? And are you advancing in those things? It is faith and faith is a gift from god and so let's go to the first one father saved me and given me eternal life through jesus how do i experience that how do i actually know that and here's just a couple things just practically is first of all i have to realize and and this is gets we haven't done a good job of communicating what faith is 
It's a gift from God. No person in their own ability can just muster up intellectual power and just positive thinking. All of that is of the world. That has nothing to do with biblical faith. Do you know that? That's Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to get there maybe next week. It's a gift from God. We're saved by grace through faith. That's a gift from God that no man could boast it's, it just, the gospel just takes and completely uh, levels the, play, the, the ground before the cross. We're all in need of the, same, of the same thing. So faith is a gift. I start there and faith comes by hearing, this is Romans 10, by hearing the word of God. How, if it's a gift from God, if I can't just intellectually think my way to God, it's a spiritual work, then wait, how do I, how do I pursue God? And there's a mystery here in the sense of people praying in the heavenly realms, right? And we've said it before, but I'd be willing to bet every one of you that knows Jesus is that you know now somebody was praying for you. Somebody was lifting you between this earth and heaven before God's throne and pleading for the mercy of God over your life. And the spirit of God starts moving, starts moving. And everyone, we could stand up and hopefully give our testimonies that we, back in that time where we started, you know, where we were away from God, living our own life, and God started drawing us to him, that we just started getting more interested. There was like this pull and tug on our heart right towards God. And then when the word of God, we started hearing the word of God as it started, right, awakening something in our soul until that glorious moment where we say, Lord, I confess, Jesus, I believe you are the one and only Savior of the world. I confess you. Boom, the Spirit of God comes in and you start this whole radical new life by the Holy Spirit, not by the law, not by religion, not by my own knowledge, but the Holy Spirit's inside me. The life of God in the soul of man, that's the glory of the gospel, right? And the final thing is that faith, as we've been talking about here, it's a fight, folks. And I I think of anything else, this should be a sobering wake-up call. A call to arms as such. Faith is a fight. And in 2 Timothy, Paul made this, and 1 Timothy, Paul made this real clear. Is You can't just show up. It can't, I can't rest upon a decision I made back when I was a kid or, or I walked in aisle or whatever it was, wherever I said that prayer. Is It's not a, just a transaction. Faith is an enlightenment of the presence of God, and it is to be nurtured. Paul says we're to work it out with fear and trembling. It's the very presence of God at work inside our soul. And if I don't work it out, if I set it aside and I just say, oh, I've got that down, kind of the fire insurance mentality, I'm telling you, the enemy will come and he will steal, kill, and destroy. He will subtly, powerfully bring lies in, right? Doubts in. Faith will die. It's either going one way, it's either being strengthened or it's being weakening. It ha- it's something that has to grow. Remember Jesus said, if you have faith of mustard seed, You can say to that mountain, move. Man, we got some work to do. It's a fight. And Paul in the end says, I have fought the good fight. Right? He says, I have kept the faith. It's a fight. And the bottom line is, folks, let's get honest. As I said, we've all lost battles, haven't we? We've lost battles with sin. We've lost battles with our attitude. We've lost battles. Just go down the list of things. And we come, this is, thank God for the grace of God. 
is that I come back to him. I don't let those losses or those tragedies or whatever it may be move me away from God because they're going to move me one way or another. They're going to move me, either suck me in. I'm going to, God, I'm going to come after you, right? Or I'm going to just slowly, the enemy is going to subtly pull me away back into the world and my faith is going to fade away. And so, folks, we all have times of weakness. We all have times where, man, we are just being beat up. We are uh, under condemnation, right? Or we are wandering and, and setting our eyes something of the world, whatever it may be. Or we're nurturing a lie about us, right? Whatever it may be. And we need each other. This is the body of Christ, the fullness of Christ. We'll talk about this as we get into Ephesians more. We need each other. I need you when I'm weak. To pray for me, to uphold me, right? Vice versa, we've got to lock arms. That's the body of Christ. And it's just like a, it's just like a, a, right, a little a, a, a SEAL team. Let's just say that. Man, if you, if you get removed from your team, if you get isolated from your team, the enemy will take you out. We've got to have each other's backs. And this is exactly what Paul's praying for. Church, he could have prayed for them. You don't hear, what did he think? One praying for their you know, just go on the list of things that we spend so much time for. He went straight to the heart. Lord, I pray, church, I'm praying for you. These three things, you got to know them. It's got to be the foundation of your life. If not, you will never move in advance into all these incredible blessings, right, that, that God has for us. Second one, so that's just a few things we're talking about how, right, and and the next one, the Father's good, and, and He is good for me in this perfect plan. Oh, the riches, Paul said, that you may know the riches of His inheritance. And there's so much there, and I'm just going to try to simplify it. And folks, here's two things at the bottom. I think these are absolutely critical in how to. And how do I do this? How do I, must, how do I grow my faith? How do I, 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 I'm just, I'm doubting whether it's tragedy, whatever the issue we're dealing with at hand right now, uh, to, to temp, be tempted to, to hey, God, how can you be good? How could this happen? Right? And then that just continues to roll out to, do I, do you have good things for me? And so these two things are absolutely critical, folks. This is the life of faith. When we are saved and the Spirit of God comes in, it's a whole new orientation that should take place. I'm a new creation, a radical new creation. God has taken what I rightly deserved. I'm, I'm free under Him, under the grace of God, forgiven, no condemnation, my sin, my shame, my guilt. The power of death no longer has a hold on me. I have the assurance of eternal life. We could go on and on in these spiritual blessings. Well, how am I going to really get those? The first one is this. Look at God from the Word into the world. Do you understand what we're saying here? In other words, if, when it comes to who is God, and I, I'm doubting whether He's good or not, or who He is as, as my Heavenly Father, I have to, once I become saved, now... Right, My priority is the revelation of the Holy Spirit to take the Word of God and to form and renew my mind that I can see rightfully in the heavenly places. So I look at everything now. I'm to go through the Word of God is my first filter on anything. On anything. I go to the Word of God. And that is to inform how I go into the world and I view what is in the world. And especially when it comes to who is God. 
And here's the great problem. When I start doubting God, when I start thinking wacky things about who God is or being tempted to do that, I've let the world inform me, right, about who God is rather than his word, the revelation of God's word. And if that was heeded, that would save us unbelievable amounts of of trauma and, and, and deception and just go down the list of things. Always let the word. If I'm going to grow in faith, I have to let the promises of God fill my heart. Of all the other stuff I'm hearing from the world, I know that the word of God and his promises for me that informs how I look at the world. And folks, this goes for any issue, period. Is the word of God is my God. Because I'm a child of God. He's redeemed me. The Spirit of God is in me. And when the Spirit of God in me hears the Word of God, it does this incredible, powerful thing. Boom! It explodes the life of God in my soul. And He gives me, as Paul's praying, incredible knowledge and insight of the truth of who God is. Does that make sense? And then the next one on this is we talk about God being good, right? And having good things for me. And we look at the world, everything going on in the world right now. And anxiety is going up, fear is going up, everybody's thinking we're going to have a war here, war there, and all this stuff. And what do you do when fear starts rising up, right? And what do we do when we start questioning or talking to people about, man, this God, it, it doesn't look like God's in control. It doesn't look like there's good, you know, coming on anything. Is, um, <clears throat> folks, all of history, again, is we're to look at history from the word. Now I'm a child of God. And he's given me insight, prophetic insight, Old Testament prophecies, new, and of God's great and glorious redemptive plan of what he's done from the beginning to the end and how he's saved me into this. He's got this glorious plan on into heaven, uniting heaven and earth, right, all together in Christ Jesus. And I'm to come to the word with my questions and my fears and and what's going on in the world. And I'm going to let the word of God is to inform how I view history. Does that make sense? This is absolutely critical. If not, if the world and the news out there is the primary filter that I'm looking at things from, or just even history, man's history, studying, if that's my primary history, you know what? I will not have much hope. I will have fear. I'll have confusion. I will miss out on the glorious detail of the prophecies of God's promises to us of what he has done and what he is going to do. And to realize everything that's going on in the world right now, I could take you to passages, folks, that make sense, that shouldn't surprise you. Jesus himself laid out for us, couldn't be any clearer about where things are going to go in history. And if that's my hope, then there's such a peace right in that. And also, I know more my role in the process and the church's role to be a beacon of light in the midst of um, the world that's quickly headed a certain direction that the Bible says very clearly. And um, after the first of the year, we're going to do a start a thing um, maybe once a month where we dive into the book of Revelation and, and end times prophecy and just as a church have a chance to come together on a night to start really digging into this stuff because it is amazing. And all it does is awaken a heart to worship God and his goodness and his plan. And there's a sense of security when you start to see what is already here in the Bible and what God has for you as part of that. All that happens is I want to worship. You see the goodness and glory of God. And there's a sense of incredible security that comes on us, right? Knowing our role in this and to know what is yet right to come. All right, last one. 
And folks, as I said earlier, this one is dependent on those first two. If, if I'm going to get here, I have to, on those first two things, really know them and experience them deeply. And so how do I do this? How the Father is all-powerful and has secured for me a place of authority with Jesus, power with him? Wow. Um, and remember, it was in Paul's weakness that he was powerful, that God's power rested and moved in powerful ways. And uh, just a couple things here, and I'm just putting a couple out this morning, but encourage everyone to talk about this, right? But the first one is by pursuing life empowered by the Spirit to partner with Jesus and His church and ministry. Now, that's a big, broad statement, right? But in other words, I first have to, I, 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 I'm not going to be able to use, be used real powerfully, right? And, and, and in, in advance in all these, this gifting and promises that God has for me to, He wants to use you, wants to use me, right? Invites us to partner with Him for His grand and glorious purposes. And, and Jesus couldn't have said any better. He says, man, as lawlessness increases, as the time moves on, He says, my church needs to stay focused. Go make disciples. Go share the love of Jesus. Get into people's lives. Get into the very core of where they're at. Partner with me as the disciples partner with Jesus. He wants you. And you might say, well, I don't know. No. He, will, he wants any, anyone who will move towards him in faith, he will empower. He will strengthen, right, to come and partner with him and just start to use you in powerful ways to step in and to pray and to just when you think of people to intercede for them. This is the spiritual work that we're called to, right? Is to love people with the truth of God. And, um, and the final one is just through testimony of God's work in us and through us. And this is what should be happening in the church as we give testimony. Man, let me, let me tell you how God used me here. Let me tell you how this prayer was answered. Let me tell you here, there, right? Is again, the experience of the knowledge of understanding these things fleshed out in, wow, the spirit of God's at work here. Look what he's doing. In and through us, and the testimonies should rise in the body. And those testimonies, right, um, of little you know, things versus big things, right, in the midst of this war of losing some battles along the way, but rejoicing, right? Just look at the book of Acts, right? The leader of the church, James, they took him in. They lopped his head off, right? And the church like, talk about a lost battle. Talk about a, a big thing. But what did the church do? They didn't step back, oh, my gosh, you know, and run and, and, and hide, they gathered and they prayed all night and they sought the Lord and they did just this. They partnered with the Lord in the power of the Spirit. They pressed into the heavenlies in prayer. And when Peter was taken, and guess what? The angels came and opened the door. That's just one of many examples. It's war. And he's given us not only the armor that by faith I have to put on to stand strong and help others, right, to do the same. And we lock arms with others. But we have to learn to walk alongside and realize, man, we all get down. We all need encouragement of the Lord. And that's why we gather together, right, to pray and to encourage. And this is what we see in the scripture, right, is that, man, you come here and seek how to lift up each other in the faith, how to build up, how to edify, right, each other in the faith. And so I hope you'll just take those and think on those, and, um, and I hope that you will not isolate. We say it all the time. We say, man, take a step. Take a phone call. Make a, come, you know. Let's get a coffee. Let's talk. But take a step into a group. Talk to Derek by getting into a group. 
Right? Come talk to us about discipleship, learning how to appropriate these truths in God and what it means really to follow Jesus. Take a step. And you could just be at a place where you're struggling. You've got all kinds of, of questions and everything. Don't just go take those. Come press in. Let's wrestle them out together. Let's pray with each other and work this out. Right? Trusting the Lord right, to bring His glory. So, Derek, you all come on up. Father, I just, um, Lord, help us be your people. A people of faith, God. And Lord, I specifically right now pray for the people who are struggling with their faith, struggling with the news of this week, struggling, Lord, in their own lives and being able to understand this. And, and Lord, I just, I just pray in Jesus' name, Lord, I just pray, Father God, that your spirit would move. We need you, God. We need you to move in power. We need you to move in encouragement, God. And Father, would you come and bring your authority, bring your power to your church? Lord, we're asking you, we're going to labor together for it, God. You've commanded us to the end, Lord, um, with the joy of knowing you're coming, Lord. You're going to make all things right. Lord, would you redeem the lost and the lonely in this community? Wake your church up, Lord, to with radical, bold love, Lord, to step into the lonely, step into the lost lives and bring hope, the only hope, the glorious gospel of Jesus. Would you do that, Father? Waken us. Lord, would you... Do what you model for us in the scripture. Would you set the captives free, God? Show us how to partner with you, the power of the spirit to set the captives free, God. Would you move, Holy Spirit? And finally, Lord, help us be a church that edifies and builds up each other. Lord, would you, Holy Spirit, come Build up your people. Build up your church. Make us strong in faith, God. And Lord, finally, we just again want to wrap. Uh, just put your arms around the Columbus family. And you, Lord, use the physical arms of your church to do that, to love, to serve. Just to sit and listen. And Lord, not now, but Lord, this is a family. We don't stop. Once everybody goes home, Lord, we continue to love and serve. Lord, and to press in, Lord. Lay hold of that faith, God, that you've given us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this message. To hear other messages or learn more about Crossroads Church, visit our website at ccaspen.com.